Well, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your Son who came down to this earth and we celebrate it tonight, Lord, and we just thank you for that precious gift, doing what we could not do for ourselves, turning away from evil, turning away from sin, turning away from the temptations that surround us, Lord. And we know that you came down in physical form in a body, took place in a manger, grew up fully man and fully God, to one day die on a cross with hands that were reserved for nails and blood that was reserved for us. Lord, we thank you for that precious gift so that we may one day know you and call you Lord as you reign forever and ever. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Good evening, and thanks for being with us this Christmas Eve here at Rock Point. Uh, we welcome you here if you're visiting with us, and uh, we're excited about celebrating the birth of our Savior. Uh, we're going to look at, just briefly at Matthew chapter 1 here in just a moment, if you have your Bibles, if you want to look at that. But uh, I want us to, uh, first of all, I, you know, as we look at the Christmas season, you know, my children have a favorite song uh, that they love to play when, when we get in the car. I mean, they sing it, they'll ask again, again, again. They'll ask for it just over and over and over again. And um, now, you probably you probably aren't as spiritual and as good a parent as we are, uh, so your kids may not request a, a song quite like this, but you can hope one day that you could be like us. My, my children will request the Grinch every time we get in the car. The Grinch! Again! Again! And again! I go, okay, I'll tell you what, six. We're not doing any more than six in a day, all right? We're just going to cut it off right there, and then I've got to listen to Silent Night or something to redeem this thing. And uh, so, anyway, you know, the Grinch stole Christmas. You all know the story of how, I don't know, this green monster decides he's going to, he's going to try to steal Christmas, and he's going to try to take all the gifts. But what's interesting to me is that we actually really do have a Grinch today still. We still have the evil one. We still have the one we call Satan. And the way that he tries to steal Christmas from us is in the same manner by telling us, no, it's not taking gifts it's getting them. That's what you want to do. This is all about commercialism. And that's the economy that he's selling and that most people, quite frankly, buy into. It's pretty interesting how significant it's becoming because uh, this past Black Friday, a day when more people go shopping and try to buy more Christmas gifts than any other day of the year, uh, there was a lady in California that got arrested for uh, when the three the 360 Xbox came out and she ran in and there were people ahead of her and they you know the stores do it they only had like ten of them she starts spraying people in the face with pepper spray and literally that's what she did she sprayed ten people in the face with pepper spray one of them was a child okay and um, and then just generally walked up to the line uh, and and checked out and they didn't get her till she was almost at the car uh, somebody turned her in. Uh, that sounds like the Grinch right there. You know what I mean? That sounds like somebody who missed the real meaning of Christmas, the hope and the light of Christmas. And, you know, the truth of it is most people do. If we look at the book of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning in the 20th verse, speaking of Joseph, the father here, it says, But he had considered this, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, 
Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Yahshua, Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. You know, it's it's gift-giving time, and that's a part of Christmas, and we all recognize that and celebrate that. And the truth of it is, is you're either providing gifts, you're receiving gifts, and some of us, maybe we're sharing gifts. I see that here in the Scripture as well. We see that God so loved us that He provided the gift of Jesus. And through Jesus, we would receive salvation, forgiveness of our sins. He's the provider and then is coming upon us to receive. Because the Bible says, because God provided, we were given a Savior named Jesus. And His purpose was to save the people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The true and living light of the world. You know, we've been celebrating Advent. And as we walk through the candles here, each week we would light a candle. And the first candle that we lit was one of hope. Hope. Now, it's not the kind of hope that we typically think of. Matter of fact, I have a friend who doesn't let his kids uh, say the word hope. Uh, in, in our form, the way that we use it in our vernacular today. But the biblical version of hope is not, uh, I, oh, I hope I win a game. I hope uh, I get the lottery. That's not what it is. And that's, that's the kind that he doesn't want to use. But then there's a biblical hope, okay? A biblical hope. And a biblical hope is this. It's confident expectation. Confident expectation. It means I know that it's going to happen. I'm believing. I'm putting my faith, my trust. I hope that I will be with my family tonight for Christmas. And unless something terrible happens and God takes me before, I'm hoping that will happen, and it will. I have confident expectation. That's the kind of hope that the shepherds had and that people have that trusted Christ and believed that Christ would come, the Messiah would come. It's the kind of hope we have that we believe that Jesus one day will return. It's the kind of faith that we have that we believe that Jesus has the power to forgive us of our sins. The next candle was that of peace. Peace. Not the kind of peace that, again, that we think about typically. Peace just between us. That, hey, I got a peaceful, easy feeling. That, that, that's not the type of peace that the Bible's talking about. It's literally this kind of peace. It's like two countries are at war. And they sign a peace treaty that there's now peace between us. We no longer will fight. There's no longer enmity between us. And it's our relationship of God that God has granted us peace. We are no longer under the, the basically under the transgression of sin. We are no longer under the uh, penalty of sin. We've been given peace with God Almighty through His Son, Jesus Christ. The next one is that of joy. Joy. It's what happens when confident expectation meets reality. When hope meets reality. When that hope that they had that a Messiah would come 
actually occurred, they celebrated with joy, the Bible tells us in Luke. It's what we can know when we receive Christ and recognize our sins are forgiven, that we have peace with God and eternity with Him. We can experience the joy that we were meant to have as we experience this Christmas. The next candle was the candle of salvation. Salvation that God provided. The Bible tells us, and probably the most beloved scripture of all, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave us salvation. Salvation until that day we would be with him. And then the last candle is the Christ candle. John 3.17, right after John 3.16, says this, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. We might be saved. We might be given life. Our sins might be wiped away, might be forgiven. And you know what Advent is? Advent is this. My, my son used to, and my daughter still, sometimes will come up and go, I'm going to give you a little bitty kiss. I'm going to give you a little bitty kiss. Now just give me a little bitty kiss. And what that little bitty kiss is, that's kind of a, that's kind of a foreshadowing as we celebrate Advent of what it's going to be like for eternity with Christ. As we celebrate this season, as we celebrate the return of Christ, as we celebrate the first coming of Christ, as we celebrate Advent itself, it's just a little bitty kiss of which a great big kiss is coming one day. When we are in the full presence of God, because my son and my daughter sometimes they go, Dad, do you want a big kiss? I go, yeah, I'd love to have a, a big kiss. My little three-year-old daughter gives me a big kiss and slobbers all over my face. And that's what Advent is. It's that little kiss until the big kiss comes one day. What about you? Have you ever received that forgiveness? Or are you still just kind of working on deeds? Trying to be good, trying to do some good stuff. You know, this tree right here, this was a tree on our property that died. And isn't it silly to have a Christmas tree and that's dead and hang ornaments on it? I mean, doesn't that look kind of goofy, boys and girls? Look kind of weird. Does anybody have a tree like that at home? You, you like it. Well, Walker, I'm not surprised you do, my friend. Um, he's from East Texas, I tell you. But anyway... <clears throat> But nevertheless, this, you know what the deal is? This is a dead tree, and it has no life. And many people celebrate Christmas, and they give gifts, and they put ornaments on their tree, and they even try to do some nice things. They try to bake some cookies for some folks, and maybe they even give some gift cards or go volunteer somewhere. But spiritually, they've never trusted Christ. They've never recognized they were sinners and that they needed forgiveness of their sins and, and transferred their trust from what they could do to what Christ had done. They've never done that. And so they're like this tree with ornaments, with some nice things on them, but they're spiritually dead. But then there's this tree. It's alive. It's beautiful. It's growing. And this is a picture under the cross of Christ of what our life can be like when we trusted and received the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ that He has provided for all who will call upon Him. And then when we do things, it adorns the living life that we have. You see here, all these are ministries that we do. There's clean water for Africa. 
There are families that are in need. There's children that we can sponsor. Matter of fact, we're sponsoring children. Maybe this Christmas, a great gift would be to sponsor a child. And we, we can help you with that, or we can help port you toward different organizations on our website. We think that's so important. But when you see, when you have the life and the Spirit of Christ, the grace and forgiveness of Christ, when you add these to it, it's so beautiful. And it's what adorns and makes Christmas special. What about you? Have you ever received that life and that forgiveness? Have you ever experienced the grace and forgiveness of Christ? I want to invite you to do that. You can do that by visiting with me today. Maybe you just want to pray that today. In our welcome room, we'll have some folks. Or you can mark it on a card. But don't miss the real light of Christmas. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you that while we were still sinners, you died for us and provided salvation for us. Thank you, God, for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. And, Lord, we just lift this time up to you. And we ask that, Lord, uh, this season, that, uh, Lord, we would celebrate you for who you are. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, Lord, that they pray and ask for you to come into their lives and forgive them of their sins and transfer their trust for many of their good deeds or anything else they're depending on to what you have done for them on the cross, that they might receive the grace and the salvation that you have provided through the light of Jesus Christ.